the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. Am I on? Is my mic on, Squirrel, you handsome devil? Joe Biden and the feudonomics, we will get to. Fact of the matter is, this walking embarrassment and the perfect representation of the Democrat mafia was doing all of those things in front of, in Philadelphia. Front of the founding fathers, the hall in which they constructed our constitution, built a country based on the principles of the Enlightenment, which this political climate, circa 2022, is determined to take away from us. That's exactly what we're facing right here. And you're seeing the feudalists. Because the story that is the biggest is the fact that in three days, right after the housing market shows cracks, right after delinquencies go through the roof, default, as the Federal Reserve has decided to bankrupt 50% of this country, and I'm being generous. 60% of the country cannot write a check, an unexpected check for $400. Bump that up to $1,000, and you're upwards of 70% of your fellow Americans cannot take the hit of a surprise $1,000 cost. That is a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. And in three days, the nation's wealth, which is represented in the stock market, is down 1,500 points. And it's not even being mentioned. And I'm wondering, is it because people expect? When, and when you put a, a, an imbecile, an absolute imbecile with dementia in office, political whore who's never worked a day in his life, you just expect it to go bad, don't you? But did you expect it to go this bad? And did you expect it to get this creepy? How are you, baby? How old are you? How old are you? Almost double figures. Nine? How are you, baby? How old are you? Nine? I mean, come on. What are you, nuts? He's a kid. He's a young kid. He's not a baby. Or is that just creepy Get in the shower with your father, Joe Biden? Come on, man. Keep the kids away from this sick, minor attracted person. What do you think of that? I'll use their own language. He's a minor attracted person, and he's creepy as they come. I'm sorry. Unhinged, creepy, bald face, bigot bastard. If I can inter- just interject for a moment, my deceased son, Bo, he was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. And what he used to do is go down on the east side, the what called the bucket, highest crime rate in the country. There's a place where I used to, I was the only white guy that worked as a lifeguard down in that area, on the east side. This is today. And you know where the you can always tell where the best basketball in the state is and the best basketball in the city is. What? It's where everybody shows up. He'd go down and hang out and sit on a bench with my my grandson, who's now oh, 17 my. years old. Take a shower with him. And the police used to be in Creepy the car. Bastard. The local city police. Uh huh. And he'd walk up and bang in the window. Say, get out of the car, damn it! Meet these people. Let them see you. Uh-huh. Let them know you. Uh-huh. Let them know who you are. Now, is that story more believable or this one? This was the driving board area, and I was one of the guards. And there were a lot of, it was a three-meter board. 
If you fell off sideways, you landed on the damn, uh, the darn cement. How could the- he get one vote? One vote. I mean, okay, welfare. Okay, that explains some of them. In on the scam, those phony labor extortion mafias like the IBEW, the cement contractors. Okay. All right, so six million. Maybe. Maybe six million. Are there that many morons? I mean, we all know he stole the election. He admits it from time to time. However, I remember going on the east side in Wilmington. And one of those old Victorian two, three-story apartment buildings. And going up to see a woman whose name out, she's passed away, but won't mention her name now. How about Lucky? Why don't we call everybody that's not living through this presidency Lucky, you corrupt failure? Because this is a climate where this government is in debt and can never pay it off. We are broke. The private sector in three days lost over a trillion five in in net worth. That means the companies are going to have to lay off people, which is already starting. Even your phony government spending can't help that. And you're telling stories like Grandma Gert in 1935, you moron. And stand in that rotunda, that, that part that stuck out around the building. Oh, my God. And she said, Joey, I know. I know what's going on. They all plan it downstairs. We're lucky Cambodia isn't attacking us, let alone Russia, China. By the way, we got a, a, another billion-dollar arms sale to Taiwan. Should we be worried about that? The Biden administration prepping a $1.1 billion arms sale to Taiwan. It's not a huge number, but it's the most in two years. How serious is this? Uh, It means that we're getting ready for another conflict. Right now, we are fighting in five places that no one is talking about. Do you really think Ukraine is mounting a comeback? We had to send somebody there to teach those idiots how to open up a rocket launch. Launcher. It turns out when they're not killing their own unarmed citizens, the uh, Azovs and the tornadoes are really good for nothing except marching around with the tattoos on their neck. There are new developments tonight in the war in Ukraine. The country's military is launching a new effort to reclaim areas Russia sure took control of earlier in the war. Meanwhile, fears are growing about a possible radiation leak. Officials have even started giving propaganda, absolute unfettered propaganda, and the result of that war. And the sanctions the American president put on the Americans and Ukrainians as the ruble is at a seven-year high. There isn't a a measurement that you can say Russia is losing the war. Everybody else is, not to mention the people. As once again, I refer to 60% of Americans can't write a check for 400 bucks. 60%? And you're talking about swimming pools and your grandson and, hey, baby, calling a nine-year-old? What do you got to do to get impeached? Oh, I know you got to be a Republican, and you have to do absolutely nothing except expose and break up the scams of the gangster government. I can hear them. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I heard on MSNBC. Anything to even give innuendo to the government being infiltrated by political bias, it's QAnon. Did you know that? Is there still a QAnon? I know there's a blue anon. I didn't know there was a QAnon. How about this? How about it's just the where? And all of you Democrats scum, you could care less about Taiwan. You could care less about Ukraine. You could care less about Somalia, care less about Syria or Yemen. You'll shut up and stand in line and wait for your cheese, Roach. But I'm afraid to tell anybody. Afraid to tell anybody. The gangs. I mean, this is a creep. Would you let this creepy bastard around your kids or grandkids? Would you? Not even close. This is why you keep a Democrat-free house and a Democrat-free work environment. They're creepy and ugly. And so I got her so that I got a phone number for the local cops. 
she'd call. They promised not to identify her because they knew there'd be retribution. And the crime rate began to drop for real, not a joke. What about the crime rate now? Joe, you want to talk about the crime rate now? I, I don't know if, I don't think you do. We heard rapid gunfire. We were in the kitchen at the time. So I told my daughter, we both got down. It's like a war zone. According to police, one person is dead after four people were shot just before 5 p.m. at 60th and Ray Streets in West Philadelphia. You know where that is? That's about three quarters of a mile from where he gave the speech. City is falling into chaos. It's almost as bad as CPD. Now it looks like if you have any kind of theories and, and represent that everywhere they touch is corrupt and failure, and that the, the bureaucracies within our government are infiltrated with Democrat Marxist mafia members. You're QAnon? I don't think you are. I think you're simply right. All right, now this top FBI agent, Timothy Tebow, was allegedly forced out. He's now accused of political bias in the handling of the investigation of Hunter Biden's laptop and slow walking the Hunter probe back in 2020. Uh, this story continues to grow. Miranda Devine has been on it from the very beginning, and she joins me now. All right, Miranda, what's your reaction to this? Tebow, I guess, walked out of the office, right? Hi, Ashley. Yes. Uh, look, the FBI mm. isn't telling us uh, any details about this, but we know that he is. Well, just- who are they going to get to speak on it? They're all Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden voters. Who's going to come out and give any credibility to this agency? It's certainly gets uncomfortable when they're before you. Yeah, thank you. I'll be interested if your son wants to get a job in the National Security Division um, when he reaches adulthood. <laughs> um, you commented about the rule of law sets us apart. Representative and, Tiffany. Uh, it's a great concern that my constituents have. Um, many of them come up to me now, average people, good citizens of America, and they say, why do we have a two-tier justice system in America? And uh, one of those, uh, part of the reason they say that is Russia collusion proved to be the biggest hoax, perhaps, in the history of the United States. Do you think it's acceptable to have an executive law enforcement agent? But Google just took the search engine and is steering anybody cannot get to Truth Social if they're trying to get a hold of President Trump's tweets on Truth Social, or whatever they call them on Truth Social. And everybody knows that the Russia hoax was created. Everybody knows exactly what happened. But this is QAnon now? See, actively engage in sabotaging a political candidate. Think Comey, Strzok, Page, McCabe. The Justice Department, it's been my experience, having been there for 20 years, 18 years, uh, almost 20 years, but 18 years of of time as a career prosecutor and attorney, uh, that in every case we prosecute cases based on the facts and the law, and there's not a motivation involving politics or ideology. We, We know what the truth is now, that it was a hoax. Does that embarrass you as someone who has served in this position of of great trust of the American people. Does that embarrass you that you had four people in upper leadership, penultimate leadership? Does that embarrass you that... Now, this is the assistant to ferret-faced Merrick Garland. His name is Matthew Olson. And one thing's for certain. The mafia doesn't get embarrassed. They show really what I would call pride in their corruption as he sits there with that ignorant, arrogant smirk as the country collapses into corruption, wasteful spending, and it's now normal. We had those people in that position. As a career prosecutor, um, my experience consistently, consistently has been that we take action 
uh, based on facts, evidence, and the law, and we do not act in the Justice Department based on ideology or politics. Now, keep in mind, I know California is the one that fixed the Pelosi DUI with injuries. I know that these local municipalities help these Democrat mafia members because they need the funding. But you mean to tell me the FBI hasn't found one, one scandal in the green energy boondoggle, which has driven up our costs of energy, quadrupled, and enriched only those donators to the Democrat mafia, and all the insider trading by both Congress birthing people and the non-birthing people and senators. And the FBI hasn't found one. But now they're going to tell you about how good they do. You're like Elliot Ness. I'm starting to think even he was full of dung. Department, clearly they did. The department appointed Susan Hennessy to a senior position with the National Security Division. Uh, she's been an outspoken and partisan critic. Um, for example, she extensively commented on the FBI investigation into the allegations that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia, during which she quoted relentlessly and uh, hyped Russia collusion allegations. Ms. Hennessy vouched that Christopher Steele, author of the dossier, filled with political opposition research and Russian disinformation, was a person whose work intelligence professionals take seriously. Are you aware of that statement by Ms. Hennessy? So I'm, I'm not going to comment on any members of the workforce. Ms. Hennessy was also a vocal critic of the U.S. Attorney John Durham's investigation into the targeting of the Trump campaign and transition team, even calling the investigation partisan silliness. Are you aware of that statement? So I'm not going to comment about any of the particular members of my division. She works for you. Are you aware of that statement? I'm not going to comment on the... That's all you have to say. Like John Gotti. I plead the fifth. I'm not going to comment. In the meantime, he opened up with five minutes of putting lipstick on the pig that is the FBI. I'm wondering, which has less credibility? FBI, CDC, CIA, DIA, or the EPA? Ah, I think they're all infiltrated with the same problem. And being a Democrat Marxist mafia member isn't something that prevents you from being hired. It's what gets you promoted in the government. 312-642-5600. Be the fifth. Five. One, two, three, four, fifth. Anything you say, fifth. Go ahead, ask me a question. Did you? Fifth. I have a secret document that I think you need to say. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I wonder who's watching me now. The IRS. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. This caller on the line. You know what it is? The frustration I have is because these imbeciles are failures. It's like that one rat Democrat that you might be strapped with in your office. A bust out, a loser. Always has all the advice for everybody. Even though you're a bust out. This is what Democrats are. Failures. They cannot succeed. They do not succeed. What happens is they use their power of government to extort those that do succeed. That's the corruption you see in corporatism. It's how they shake down all of these Silicon Valley morons. Believe me, Mark Zuckerberg did not start out a socialist. He wouldn't have stole the idea, settled with the two brothers, and built an empire if he wasn't a capitalist. He understood that he was going to buckle down or Congress was going to rip him apart. And he didn't want to face the IRS like all of us are going to face now that this imbecile who likes to tell old stories and shower with his daughter is pretending to be the president. Greg in Rogers Park, this has to be a lie. Hi, Greg. Hi, hi, Sean. Sean, I was down in um, 
Port Myers, Florida, to visit my brother and his family. Um, beautiful oh. down there. I'm considering moving down there. That's here, where I'm Park. right there. You call me. I come on. I got tuition payments. I'm an honest man. I need to make my, more money. Go my, ahead. My stepmom. My stepmom works for Sandoval Island. Oh, that means that means he's not calling me. All right, go ahead. No, no. Anyways, <laughs> no. I might. I might come down there. But anyways, anyways. Um, I just got back and I'm catching up on my reading. Yeah. What'd and you find out? You told me that. Yeah, and I found out that, um, number one, last week you told me that eventually we're going to go back in junk bot status in Illinois and in Chicago. Yeah. And the, the, the aldermen, and then earlier this year, both the, the state Senate and the state House, all gave themselves raises, both on the state level and the city level. Yeah. And I believe the Cook County did earlier this year, too. And I always believe you get a raise because your work is exemplary. And all we've had here is terrible um, um, return on our tax money. And yeah. you two are going to... And then six days ago, for bad job. six days ago, the 50 thieves that call themselves aldermen, they also gave themselves another raise. Did you know that? Right, I heard about well, that. you got that yeah. Poco Joe, his deductible went up, you know, after he smashed into all the parked cars with the, uh, the Russian stripper girlfriend, his deductible skyrocketed. And then the rest of them are now uh, wallowing in the expenses of Bidenomics, which is also called feudalnomics. It's expensive. To be in a corrupt socialist society, just ask Europe. Thank you very much, Greg. I appreciate the story. And then to cap off, how are they going to keep all of the seniors quiet? How are they going to keep all of the welfare roaches quiet? We already know how you keep those fat-ass, mystical, magical pension recipients quiet. They get 3% kickers every year, compounded on compounded, and they all get to sit around like they actually were millionaires. Jim in Chicago, how are they going to keep everyone quiet? Uh, the 10% raise I'm looking forward to in January. All yeah. seniors are getting a 10% raise in their Social Security. That's the biggest raise in do you, uh, how long. Do you think it'll offset the compounded inflation year over year, two years of Joe Biden? When you add it up, it's 20% through their numbers. Everyone knows it's more. Do you think it'll keep the seniors still voting Democrat? Are they convinced that this welfare political horror roach... That, that likes to shower with his daughter, which is a little creepy if you're not a Chicago Democrat. Do you think that that's going to turn him off or keep him in the saddle? No, no I, I think people are pretty good invested in Social Security. Uh, Jim, would you, uh, would you have let Joe Biden shower with your daughter? Well, first of all, I would let Trump near uh, my caddy. Yeah, yeah, but I, I wouldn't even leave. I wouldn't yeah. let, I would, he should be, Trump should be on Elba with but, uh Trump starts With, out. They, where, where, did they, where did they put Napoleon? Elba, his last here's couple of weeks got, that he lived. Here's the difference. That's where Trump said it. Trump, Trump said it to Elba. Trump hits on he strangers. He said it to Elba. That's, here's a little difference. Trump hits on strangers. Joe Biden hits on his daughter. There you go. That's how you shut a Democrat up, ladies and gentlemen. I'll take your creepiness of a fat, rich guy hitting on a stranger trying to become Miss America, and I'll raise you with his own daughter, a minor attracted person to his own blood. Uh, if they're not, I guess that's better than killing her, although we'll get to abortion later. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Hello. Hi, hi. Oh, hey. Wait a second. Hey, Chuck. Right. Uh, take your time. We'll play music. Go ahead. All right, hey, Sean. Yeah. Hey, listen. Thanks for taking my call, first of all. And then the second thing is, you know what I heard on that news uh, coming on early in your program was that uh, Gruesome Newsome over there in California signed some kind of bill yeah. to basically uh, Five go years after old. these doctors for telling the truth. Yeah. You know, there's plenty enough information and the honest truth out. How is a how is a politician like that able to basically go and basically go after doctors? It should be up what the doctors are, are coming up with. What's you know what you should believe that are an honest doctors. 
And this guy is going to go after them and threaten them with taking away their uh, licenses, their medical licenses, for telling the truth. I went, long, is, I went long with you, Craig, but when I get back, just in honor of your call, there is the doctor that I often play in Great Britain, London, England. They've got some startling evidence of early deaths across Europe that are staggering. To make the other ones, they look like uh, the beginning. After all, you don't believe this was actually a vaccine, do you? 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. I had this clip yesterday. There are so many clips that I have on the board that I make the lovely honey bunny cut, load on the board, and I never get to. This is uh, thanks to Craig and Mount Greenwood. I am going to play something from Dr. John Campbell, who has been, since the beginning of this weaponized virus, has been constantly only going through the data and the fact. When the vaccine came out, he was very on top of what data he could get his hands on. The thing that he understands, and he constantly repeats, you're not going to get true, honest data from America. It is a propagandized cabal of fraud and lies. And the last thing they can do is put out fact. It pretty much covers every single aspect of what the government does. There is uh, an excess of deaths above what we would normally expect. And that's what we're going to look at. And there is some pretty um, uh, disconcerting information in this video, but I think it does need to be addressed. Now, I'm going to be starting off with a particular case. Now, I wouldn't normally do this, but it's in the popular press all over the place. It's in the BBC and the, all the national newspapers. Champion mountain biker. This is Rab Wardell. Wins the Scottish mountain bike championships. So this guy's obviously some kind of super athlete that most of us can't even imagine. 37 years old, dead. Did a race a week before. Had complications, didn't feel himself, as many people did. After the virus, as they wanted you to believe it was Bell's palsy and the Jimmy leg. And before you know it, you'd be walking around like Dr. Awardy, and that was the worst, as if that wasn't bad enough. In the meantime, you could end up mortadel, myocarditis, fancy way for saying your heart doesn't like it. And it's unfortunate because the government made tens of millions of people get it. Of course, they had to make that cheese, make that money. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, you're talking about the corruption earlier. I think you should have a segment where you have ex-city uh, workers or even county workers tell you their stories. I mean, there's a whole vocabulary around this. You know, put a brick on it, all the files. Oh, brother, I'm from Melrose Park. Uh, you know how many of these guys I know? And by the way, I'll will say this. Yeah. I have a rule that I don't allow the Democrat scourge to contact me or to pollute the airwaves. No, the, ironic they're, they're is, the ironic part is, the ironic part is, they're not really Democrats. They just voted that way for their own jobs, their own raises. The vast, you know, I mean, I could tell you right now, I have family and friends that worked in uh, different municipalities. They're not Democrats. They were that one day when they had to get hired. Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, I was one of them. Uh, and, but the thing is, it's, I, I think you would have a great segment on that. There's so many stories out there of, you know, the one guy told me his, his uh, dad was in real estate and he didn't have to go file after closing. Yeah. And he put the file down, give it to the guy, and the guy would be like, you're missing something. And his dad's with him, so he gave him $100, put it on the file. He goes, oh, okay. He swept the, the desk back, and it dropped in. He goes, all right, 
it'll be filed tomorrow. Whereas before it was going to take a week and a half. When these people, when, you know, it's a shame. They make things seem like they're, they're, they're on the up and up when you talk about things like the tax auction. Yet they're always the same players. They're always the same Democrat ball. Whether they be that small handful group of lawyers that have it or the greasy Tony Resnicks that ha- are the money behind it. And that's why oh. when I, you read that story of the Table of Wisdom LLC, a lot of people say, why do you keep referring to it? I don't think people understand the millions of dollars by robbing seniors who didn't pay the proper tax amount by taking advantage of people who were in, uh, in foreclosure arguments or trying sure. to hold on to property or living on retirement and didn't know how to get the electronic bill properly and correctly and underpaid their tax, right. how much property they actually stole from the people. And in the meantime, you got Ed Burke and two judges dealing in tax auctioned real estate. I mean, are you kidding right. me, man? You can't get dirtier well, than that. And also look at the, they used to call it, uh, you know, pinstripe patronage. Who's selling the bonds? Who gets those? Oh, that's my favorite part. My money bundlers who've got the scam and the idea that there are, are, are professional people and reporters that do not understand municipal bonds can never default because they have the power of taxation. Yet for half a century, they've been charging the people of Chicago, of Cook County, and of Illinois three times what the rate should have been. And the fact that they even get to pretend they they can influence through a rating system that is for private business shows you how ignorant the average Democrat and Republican are. You know why we're in this position? Because the people that vote are morons. Absolute oh, morons. And, and if you can't get turned off by the creepiness the of them and the obvious corruption, then you might as well just strap in. It's going to get bumpy. And there are other people who have just given up and they don't vote. So yeah. that's why people got to get out and vote Republican. How many times do you uh, think... Too much. How many times do you think... Kamala Harris heard from somebody in a car, strap in, it's going to get bumpy. How many times? Yeah. Think right. about Probably it. Probably as many times as people sent her chapstick and her knee pads. I think Willie Brown gave her a robe that said, strap in, it's going to get bumpy. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Tom Marsales. Hey, Sean. How are you doing? Very good. How are you? Good. So, Sean, I wanted to give you some insight. I was one of the few people that got to see the vote in the first congressional district Will County, Kankakee, um, I was I was asked to come in by Dave Shostokas for first first congressional race. It was uh, Eric Carlson, uh, Jeff Regnier, Gino Young. Uh, Jeff lost by 350 votes. Uh-huh. So we had to go in, we had to look at some of these votes. Yeah. I found a stack of votes, 12 inches thick, and there were no down ballots. It was only vote for governor, um, Kathy Salvi um, for Senate, um, Dan Brady, and uh, then, of course, Attorney General. Nobody else. Uh, we're talking now, Gino lives within the neighborhood, right? Yeah. Like, got, like, in a stack of, we're talking 12 inches deep. Maybe so they had provision. votes. Yeah, the. And, there, and all that were on those ballots are for those races. Nothing else was checked. Is that what Nothing I... Nothing else was checked. That's right. Did, Nothing did, else was, did the, it was all through a PCR code. Was the stack... I, you know what I mean? Yes. Was the stack marked in case of an emergency? <laughs> no? Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny because... Oh, the NSA obviously blocked your phone. The, the NSA cut us off. What did you say? Well, they they were trying to they were trying to show me something. The workers there, I mean, because yeah. there's nothing they can do. 
There's nothing anyone can do. Yeah. You know, somebody yes, there or something. Is. There's one thing you could do, brother. It, and I know you're, you know, you know, it's not an uncomfortable, it's not an easy thing. It's an uncomfortable solution. Call U-Haul because this is what this state is known for. It's open and notorious in its corruption. Thank you for the call, Tom, very much. Open and notorious. And after a while, you just get used to it. And you want to be lied to by strange characters in costume. We've been hearing for months from officers frustrated and tired from being forced to work on their days off. This IG's report was meant to shed light on the practice, but when we asked the city's top cop about the numbers, he offered a fact check that was not factual. Well, he's not a cop. At a time when stress on police is extraordinary and their staffing levels depleted, Chicago cops have routinely been ordered to work on their days off. The city's inspector general looked at just April and May and found more than 1,000 Chicago police officers were scheduled to work 11 or more consecutive days. That would be 10% of the department. Can I do a fact check on on that question? It's it's not 10%. There was 1,000 scheduled. Yeah, but the, the IG report actually said five or six actually worked. Now, this guy, aside from being a, a bit actor in a costume, he is not a Chicago cop. He is Lori Lightfoot's ass barnacle who was dragged over here and paid extremely well to put on the costume and the glasses and spew the bull dung. But the idea that he sits up there and he tells him there's only five or six. You know who the moron is? Everyone listening to him. That isn't saying you're full of dung, you moron. Everyone. Is anybody related to a Chicago cop? What do you tell your... I do. I'm related to one. And I tell him, don't get out of the car. Don't endanger yourself to protect these incompetent moron rats who like the corruption. In the meantime, since this idiot has been dressing up in his costume, what's the quality of life like in Chicago? How many deaths of drugs? How... How rich has the street gangs become under his superintendent, Commissioner Gordon, buffoon? The best position to be in the city of Chicago is a dirtbag, scumbag drug dealer. You're having a banner time of it. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. 312-642-5600. Quite a pickle. Quite a pickle. And everybody wants to talk about Mar-a-Lago. The documents. Oh, my God. The documents. Classified. Like it or not, Democrats, he was the president. Boy, oh, boy. I hope there's a cell phone video of him just standing over boxes saying, I declassify all of it. And I love this dimwit in diapers was asked while he's getting on a plane that we pay for. He's this idiot never worked a day in his miserable life as he tries to make fun of this. Well, I just want to know, I've declassified everything in the world. I'm president. I can do it all. Come on. Declassified everything. I'm not going to comment on because I don't know the detail. I don't even want to know. I'll let the Justice Department take care. This is the mantra. They have arm's length, plausible deniability rather than the fact that the Democrat mafia hired a capo out of Chicago, ferret-faced Merrick Garland, and gave him explicit instructions to persecute, through prosecute, the former president and intimidate every supporter 
of Donald Trump's. That's all this is. The thing is, they're not intimidating us. They're not intimidating me. They're just simply making me understand just how corrupt my government, which I thought represented me, is. And how I have absolutely no representation. And how the only answer, the only answer is secession. This isn't going to solve itself by sending good Republicans, of which there are 10%. It certainly isn't going to be by sending reformed Democrats scum. That's not going to work. Like Blago, ain't going to work. What's going to work is the ideological argument of this fascistic, feeble, corrupt whore. That's the thing. So I want to go over exactly what our arguments are. One of a cabal of agents and analysts inside the FBA, FBI and headquartered, I think, at the Washington field office who have been running interference mm. on behalf of President Biden for a long time. Uh, they have severe anti-Trump bias and some of them, like Brian Orton, an analyst there, uh, had links to the crossfire hurricane Russia collusion hoax. Uh, so how many scandals do we have to get in? Right now, as we sit here, our nation is bankrupt. The quality of life in America is sinking fast like quicksand, as it always does when these imbeciles are in charge. And we're sending billions, tens of billions of billions and billions of dollars to a Ukrainian oligarch pretending it's a country. And it's the same one that bribed this idiot. And there's no investigation. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, how much evidence do you need? The the. Allegation of Trump and Russia collusion, obviously it's proven. Even even some Democrats admit it's a lie. How much evidence do you need before we just go through the squalor that is the Joe Biden legacy and everywhere he's touched? The good news, everyone says, oh, you talk a lot, you play a lot of music, you have squirrel playing music from the 80s. Do you know why? We did not tolerate this kind of corruption in the 80s. I remember what happened. When Joe Biden first ran. Delaware Senator Joseph Biden dropped out of the hunt today, saying the disclosures about his plagiarism in law school and his exaggerations about his academic record made it impossible for him to continue. I do it with incredible reluctance, and it makes me angry. Listen to the I'm difference. I'm angry with huh? myself for having been put in the position, put myself in the position of having to make this choice. The Delaware Democrat is the second candidate to... Back then, we wouldn't tolerate this piece of garbage. This is when he had his faculties. Now add hundreds of millions of dollars in personal corruption, a failed legacy, 40 years, and a little touch of dementia. How are you, baby? How old are you? How old are you? Almost double figures. Oh, God. Really? That's how far the Democrat Party has fallen. That's how far the standards of this country have fallen. Every one of these scandals is impeachable. Every single one. Not to mention, even prior to the scandals, he was always a lying fraud. The 80s had some standards. We don't. I'll be back after this. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's 
Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. The greatest beneficiary of the overreaction to the pandemic was the small elitist class that normally thrive in socialist collectivist societies. The reason that they like them isn't because they work for the people. The people are willful slaves. But those global elites, those elites in that country, in that society, become gods among men. The big challenge, the white whale, was always America. After COVID was unleashed on America, Chinese virus, invested for by American government, that is all different. Now the global elites are somebody you need to know about. You need to know who Klaus Schwab is. You need to know what Davos is. You need to know what Bilderbergs, aside from somewhere Hillary Clinton and a couple of people who own media outlets go to every year. I'm here to tell you Mark Morano is a former senior staff member of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, publisher of Climate Depot. He also has a new book out, The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown, and it's out today. Mark, thank you for joining me. How are you? Thank you, Sean. Happy to be here today. You know, Mark, the, the fact of the matter is what really benefited from COVID was government around the world. Governments and those who run it and the corporatism. You know, government is just people. It's not a separate entity. And it's those corrupt cabals, those cartels that, that really orchestrate government. Can we ever go back to when we were a republic? Or is it, in your opinion, forever down this collectivist hellhole? No, it's not a lost cause at all, but we need to recognize what's going on. And very simply, what's going on is March of 2020, COVID lockdowns accelerated every fantasy of the administrative, central planning, uh, corporate and government elite that they could ever have imagined beyond their wildest dream. Overnight, the world essentially imposed the Green New Deal on itself with planned recessions, a crushing of, econ- of economies, lowered emissions, stay-at-home orders, no travel, uh, and essentially complete government control to solve a crisis, which was the template that was based on the, on the, uh, on the climate scare. And so the World Economic Forum recognized this out of Davos, and the head of it, Klaus Schwab, announced that we had a narrow, rare window of opportunity in which we can reset the world post-COVID. And that is what they are going about doing it. And we're seeing the evidence. This isn't some esoteric, vague concept. We're seeing it today. They're shutting down energy globally, creating chaos. They're shutting down food production by going after high-yield agriculture, by forcing lab-grown fake meat. Bill Gates, largest American farmland owner, competing with China for gobbling up land. And now we're seeing it in our state, in our ability of freedom of movement. The governor of California announcing that they're banning gas-powered cars, 12 states it's... following suit, countries in Europe following suit, Australian banks not giving loans to people who want to buy gas-powered cars, and the World Bank not financing gas-powered cars, even at the automaker level. The fix is in. The Great Reset is upon us. And, you know, it's, it's funny because all of those things that you articulated, all of those realities that are now uh, happening to us were discounted for decades as a conspiracy theory. Every single one of them. I remember years ago uh, during the 90s with the Bilderbergs. And people were warning us then 
of exactly what the plot was, what the plan was. However, my, my question is this. I think only a few of us, and I say us because I think it's only the people who listen to shows like this and the people who write books like yours, understand that it's only lost if you break the character of the citizen longing to be free, desiring to be free. I, I have the benefit of living in two places. I live in Florida, but I come back to Illinois periodically. To see the difference in the citizen is shocking. In Illinois, we call them COVIDians. They walk around with their burkas on. They got the mask strapped to their head. Outside, they could be completely alone. That is the character of a willful slave. You're never going to convince that person that freedom is the way to go because servitude becomes comfortable. You see it as it destroys neighborhoods and turns them into welfare ghettos. This is the flaw of mankind. That's what I'm concerned is winning. And I'd like to know what you think if there's enough pushback by people who long to be free, willing to be broke to do it, because the other side of the coin is they've bankrupted these nations. They've impoverished these people. Their plan to move things to green have massively, they call it inflation, but it devalued our own wealth. So that's the part. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to be broke to do it. Yes. And in fact, you're you're spot on when you talk about the sort of the psychology of people and how they accept this. When COVID lockdowns happen, I think I was naive enough to believe there would be such pushback among churches, among parents and school and against masks and, and <laughs> lockdowns and stay-at-home orders and canceling of weddings and funerals. And, of course, Walmart was able to stay open, and, and big tech benefited as the largest transfer of wealth from the poor and middle class to the, to the elites. But, uh, but, but I found this through Albius Huxley, uh, yes. who wrote Brave New World, had this... He actually has a great quote. The perfect dictatorship has the appearance of democracy, but it's a prison without walls in which prisoners would not even dream of escaping. A system of slavery where, through consumption entertainment, the slaves would love their servitude. And I think if you think about what's happened with COVID, they were given guaranteed annual income. They made more money. People made more money staying at home than going to work, particularly in the service sector. I remember airline flights being canceled, restaurants not being able to find people because people were making more on COVID relief than they were on the job. And the World Economic Forum recognizes this. They are actually calling for, in order to, what they call useless eaters, they're calling for video game entertainment to be widespread, video game addiction, essentially, to occupy people during this. And this is this is what they've wanted to do. You'll owe nothing and you'll be happy. Everything you want will be delivered by drone. No reason for you to go anywhere. No reason for you to own anything. Uh, you'll have no privacy, but your life will never be better. Meat will be a rare and expensive treat. These are verbatim from the slickly produced World Economic Forum video about the Great Reset. By 2030 is what they're predicting. All this climate change will be the number one priority. The U.S. will no longer be the world's superpower. They're very clear in their goals. And then they have these meetings in Davos. And one of the key things here, Ronald Reagan warned us in 1981 about the dangers of big government, but we weren't prepared for the dangers of big government and big corporate power fusing together. And unfortunately, that is really what the Great Reset is about. Corporate and government, academia, and and big media, big tech, all colluding together with one agenda that allows no dissent, and if you dissent, just like uh, the Aldous Huxley quote I read you, you will be un. 
person, you'll be in a prison. No, there's no need for secret police, barbed wire fences, yeah. the armed military. They can essentially silence you as a human by deplatforming, canceling, defunding you, taking away your Gmail, taking away your text, taking away your social media, taking away your bank card if you go the state, which we saw happen with the Canadian trucker protest. They lost the ability to access their bank accounts because Justin Trudeau worked with the bankers in order to take that ability away. Yeah. What you're describing is the corporatist fascism Mussolini desired. I mean, that's literally what we're living in right now. And I would be more optimistic if I heard the opposition, which is supposed to be the Republicans, running (laughs) on putting the handcuffs putting the restraints, the only place they're ever supposed to be in this country, on government. Yet what they're running on is a fascism they think we can get along with. This is my problem. You know, the funny thing is, I argued against Donald Trump while he was running in 16, because he spent so many times as a Democrat, and so many Democrats he bought off, like the ones here in Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, not to be forgotten. Um, and, And as he, after he won, he became the greatest foreign policy president in American history, as far as I'm concerned, I mean that. He completely disrupted the money laundering scheme that is the American foreign policy. And as I watched him bend knee and then take away American property rights and capitulate to the pressure, I thought he was the only one that could fight it off. Are we ever going to get a president that can actually fight off the inherent systemic corporatism and corruption that is our government? Well, I mean, Donald Trump really was as close as you're ever going to get. And this is, I think, one of the reasons the national security state hates him so much, for the reasons you stated. He humiliated the Bush-Cheney foreign oh, policy. It humiliated was great. it. And, and, and so, you know, it's funny how we go through it. I have a whole chapter devoted to left-wing, left-wingers who essentially have been red-pilled and now don't see it as left and right. They see it as freedom versus tyranny. Everyone from the socialist Russell Brand to Naomi Wolf, former Clinton-Gore advisor, to to Jimmy Dore, who was on the Young Turks, mm-hmm. to Glenn Greenwald, uh, and a whole host of, you know, even Bill Maher. Yeah. And I have to say, on my own evolution, I mean, I now look at loathsome figures, political figures, Dick Cheney, George Bush, Me too. the whole Patriot Act, all of that biosecurity surveillance state they created, which then COVID built upon. So it's amazing. that you know, I also look back at the 90s, you know, NAFTA and the World Trade. And here's the most shocking thing of all. If you look at even like Occupy Wall Street, there are a lot of nuts in there and crazy people. But Who had great their points. Essential message, their essential message was we should have taken heed. And many free market conservatives, I remember I was on Fox News. We made fun of them. I interviewed them. I covered it. But basically, they were probably right. They were warning us about the rise of China, about the rise of the banks and corporatism and government collusion and the crushing of the middle class. I mean, how is that for an evolution of politics? It's funny because it's exactly correct. And I noticed that, too. I was was a commodity trader for years, and I'd listen to these um, Occupy Wall Street guys when I'd go into the city of Chicago, and I'd be like, we're against the same thing. The only difference is your answer is always the government, even though you Rail against the government, your ultimate answer is the government. And that, you know, that's why I want to form a new party. And I mean it, Mark. I want to be a liberal party because I'm the real liberal. I believe in the principles of the Enlightenment. (laughs) I'm the real liberal. They've been smuggling under, under liberalism, fascism, Marxism, corporatism, and communism. I think if we're going to get our country back, we need to have politicians that are aware of all of these things we speak of because the reality is 90% of the candidates can't keep up with our conversation today. 
And the other thing is no, the other. In fact, here's one other for you. Remember the 1990s, Ross Perot debating Larry, uh, debating on Larry King with Al Gore. They were arguing over NAFTA, the free Al trade. Ross Perot was right. Do you remember the old argument that if we can bring China in and, and even the Middle yes, East I and the democracy building, if we bring them in, and of course they'll steal all our jobs and become, we'll become dependent upon them, but if we bring them in, they'll become like us. They'll become a <laughs> democracy. They'll become freedom. Instead, the perverse has happened. Yeah. We're becoming like then with the Chinese social credit system. We have Justin Trudeau admiring China's dictatorship. We have the UN climate chief. We have Obama administration, New York Times columnist, praising China's one-party authoritarian rule and what the reason they love COVID lockdowns. COVID lockdowns gave them Chinese-style authoritarian one-party rule in the once-free West. And that is why Biden is clinging on to the COVID uh, emergency declaration. They keep extending it. And that is why Biden, according to the Associated Press, is about to declare a national climate emergency, which will give him 130 executive powers, give oh. mayors and governors the power. This is our nightmare that we're living in. We have to get politicians that run against this. And I, I what I see is cowardice. None of them are mentioning these things. I mean, there are a few no, cities, I but I want them to run on this. I agree. Here's what I'm saying. If you look at the, the, the head of the House minority right now, who, who's going to be our new House Speaker, if Republicans win, oh, aren't you excited? Kevin McCarthy. Moron. Ask him about vax mandates and mask <laughs> mandates. Ask him about climate change. He'll tell you, climate's a problem, and we need solutions, and we need carbon capture, and we need solar. And It's like the Green New Deal light going yeah. on on Capitol Hill. Look at Dr. Oz. He's talking about inflation and the cost of food. He has a running against a nut candidate who probably, without me even investigating, and I'm assuming the candidate supported forced masking of kids, vax mandates, endless lockdowns. Pennsylvania's right for someone to actually run on these. I don't know what Dr. Oz is doing in Pennsylvania. Oh, please. He's a, he's a disappointment all the way around. But listen, I followed your career. I saw the climate hustle. I saw the climate hustle, too. Oh, thank I, you. I, listen to me. The book, <laughs> The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change and Green Fraud, phenomenal. I want you to write a new one. You see, I'm leveraging you here. Me and you, we start the party, the true liberal party. We get those disgruntled old reds who took the red pill and now woke up. And we just show them the answer is never government. It's always private people and private cooperation, no coercion. If we can do that, we can save the country. If not, we rely on these old lady-faced Mitch McConnells married to the Chinese shipping heiress to save us. It ain't going to happen, brother. (laughs) Well said. And In fact, you know... (laughs) The Republican Party is not the answer. What I argue in my last chapter is the great reject. And I argue that parents have been the greatest fight back and resistance against this whole great reset because at the school board level, parents showing up en masse, angry, willing to get arrested, fighting the critical race theory, the transgender ideology, the forced masking of kids, the the COVID theater. These are the parents that swung elections in Virginia. Virginia, we went from a blue, permanent blue state to a Republican shock governor. And in New Jersey, almost did the exact same thing. This forced the Democratic Party to do focus groups and realize their own base didn't want this, this new normal. So because of these elections, because the focus group, the New York Times reported that the science had changed, but it was the political science that changed. And almost overnight, San Francisco, Boston, New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, all lifted the vaccine. And mask mandates. Because-
because of this revolution led by parent, angry parents at school board. So we can fight back. Look at the farmers in the Netherlands. Look at the convoy truckers. Look at the protests that have been throughout Europe and Australia where the media suppressed against the COVID lockdowns. We have to be ready, and everyone should resist any kind of COVID theater mandate from masks to vaccines to social distancing. We have to normalize massive dissent and saying no. We can no the biggest problem is Republicans pay lip service. Yeah. They'll say, oh, well, you know, yeah, of course climate's a problem, but I think the Green New Deal is too far. We want free markets. No. There's nothing we can do as a government or even as a country to even affect global emissions, let alone the witchcraft superstition of somehow we're going to pass a law like the Inflation Reduction Act and hurricanes yeah. won't be as bad. We've got to start calling it out. This is medieval witchcraft in 2022. It's superstition that they actually believe they're going to pass a law and impact the weather. It's bonkers. Well, when Barack Obama sells the Magnum P.I. estate on the ocean, I'll start to get nervous. That's the other irony. All of these idiot scumbags scoundrels all own estates on the yes. ocean for god's sakes but i learned a lot of that in your book thank you for so much mark for coming on i will look for you in the nsa concentration camp when they scoop us both up in the yes. meantime i will continue to do the fight along with you thank you for everything you do i truly appreciate it thank you sean appreciate it we'll be back with your calls and comments after this Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. On every issue, there is either success or failure. Ironically, I think a lot of Americans have the same definition is success but the ones that don't all seem to be in power nothing the democrats do and i mean nothing you cannot point to an aspect of their agenda that is in the definition of success uh, and it is no surprise that way that we have seen it that the economy is doing a little slowing down as you know cooling off as we've you've heard us talk about because it's going through a transition that's how we see it transition you mean like rachel levine it's not really a transition of the economy. It's a bastardization of the economy. You're bastardizing the principles through corruption, through manipulation, through pay-to-play schemes. That's what you're doing, sideshow Bob. KJP, very French, very aristocratic. What else do you have to say there, dummy? Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated. They're allowed to stay. But, Why? But that's not how it works. Like, we actually, no. I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what, what has happened. But that's not, it's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not, that's, that's not how. exactly what's happening. We, well, Thousands of people are walking in a day. Are they, uh, not, are you supposed to give her a pass because she's a lesbian? Because she has a certain pigmentation? Or because she has certain genitalia? Because she's obviously a moron. Not only is she, are people walking through? Drugs are walking through, dummy! Killing hundreds of thousands of Americans, you moron! Your policies are throwing people into homelessness. That's the only thing that's growing in the economy. The quantity of bums. And does something else really important. It addresses the opioid epidemic. What did he say? How many people are oh, dying oh, of opioid? Oh, oh. What did he say? Did this idiot try to say opioid? Doesn't he know with dementia... False teeth and Botox, you can't say opioid. Let's prove me right again, dimwit. And does something else really important. It addresses the opioid epidemic. 
I got opioid. Opioid. It's like it's like a three year old. It's funny how sometimes getting old also turns you into a child again. It's like dealing with. Come on, Joey boy, try it again. Just one more time, dummy. And does something else really important. It addresses the opioid epidemic. Ah, forget about it. How many people are dying of opioid overdoses? Oh, you got it right there. And by the way, laced with fentanyl. Uh huh. Where's it come from? Where's fentanyl come from? Think of the government, the communist government that bribed you through your crackhead son. (laughs) Kind of funny. It's a drug addiction of a different choice. Crack is whack, but it's all right for Hunter. That bribed you $32 million. Think of the country. It's the only place that it's manufactured. And it gets here through its collusion with cartels that run Mexico. Run it. They pretend to have a president like America does. But he does a better job, and I think he can say opioid on his first try. General Shapiro can tell you more about that. You never want to know for a fact. Uh For real. All right. He's been such a strong leader on this. But we're going to impose tougher penalties for deadly fentanyl trafficking. That's poisoning communities across this country. This is a key part of the unity agenda I'm announcing. Unity agenda. So you've caught, I don't know, how many drug dealers would you say you've caught since this imbecile stole the office? And your other policy is to let people out on their own reconnaissance. Now you're going to give stiffer penalties. You mean like you did in the 90s? And then what happens? Everyone cries, the prosecution is biased? What are you going to do then? What are you going to do when you upset people? And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. <laughs> and so he's up on... I wonder if he's got any hot sauce in his suit. The board wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public houses my behind word. it. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car. Now picture listening to these stories for an hour. Well, his Viagra kicks in, and it gives you a window into a weekend at the White House. Poor Jill. Maybe she's got COVID again. David in Lansing. Hey, Sean. Uh, your last guest was great. So dense with information about this globalism. And um, he reminded me of uh, back in 92 when I first made an action. What's that whistling in the background? I... You making teeter, aristocrat? What are you, Lloyd Byron? Mm-hmm. What do you got going on in the back? Um, I hear a whistle. Uh, not, no, this must be the phone connection. Yeah, I think sure. the air out of your bike tire is coming out. That's why you got to buy his new book, The Great Reset. What do you think of that? that that's uh, Yeah, uh, that guest is awesome. Um, he reminded me of Perot in 92. I sent. I was at Southern Illinois University. I sent an, opinion, an op-ed letter huh. to the Daily Egyptian newspaper, and they didn't run it because you they wanted to You mean you couldn't get it. on the Daily Egyptian newspaper? Who, no, who was the publisher? Gaddafi? I, ta- I uh, talked. I called the editor that morning before they uh, ran, before they uh, printed the paper. I called the editor. He goes, "No, we're not going to go with your letter. We're going to go with this gay rights agenda, Romer versus Evans." I think it was. Yeah. And they ran some other opinion editorials that pissed me off. But, well, you, uh, you, you should have thrown them for a loop. You should have told them, "Yeah, it was your letter." You know what I mean? You could have. I mean, uh, have you? Yeah, yeah. You got the whistle yeah, in the background. Yeah. Something tells me you got a miniskirt on. I think you could have passed for that letter. Thank you, David and Lansing. Good luck. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, I want to say something. Uh, fentanyl, oh. the, cat, the, the, the genie's out of the bottle with fentanyl. Now, this is what happened. Back in 2016, 
Paul Ryan, he hated Donald Trump so bad, he sacrificed our country and did not give him the $28 billion. But the kid that I'm running against just gave the $44 billion to the Ukrainians. And, and that's the problem. So now <laughs> they're going to start putting this fentanyl in food and everything else, and you're going to see people dropping dead everywhere. Oh, brother. It's, well, you're already seeing them drop dead. You know, there's an interesting thing, Chuck. If you've ever, you know, I spend a lot of time, I go on all of the Rumble and YouTube, I go on all of it. There's this group that just drives around these Democrat sewer cities. And they just put a camera on the dashboard and they drive up and down the streets. Have you ever seen it? From Philadelphia to Las Vegas to San Francisco to Oregon, everywhere there's a Democrat. And you see the rabid homelessness. The zombies. How do I, how do I zombies watch it on YouTube? On drug. Just go uh, uh, Street View Philadelphia. Start with there. There's a name street. I think it's called Kingston Street. That's the group, and it'll link you to all the other ones. And to see the right. zombies. That, that are voting, the zombies that are inhabiting these ghettos, and why the government doesn't want to stop the fentanyl. They benefit from people being impoverished. They benefit from people being on drugs. They benefit from people not being educated. That's called the Democrat base. Thank you very much, Chuck. I mean, how many pay-to-play schemes can they have? That's the other side of the Democrat Party. You think that, uh, what's her name, Lori Lightfoot in her Jiminy Cricket costume? Had the, had, the, had the developer in Winnetka throw $5,000 plate fundraisers because she's doing a good job? I don't think so. It's to keep the money laundering scheme to, together. That is Chicago, Illinois. Uh, beyond 10 days. That's in the report. Actually, it's not. No. Deborah Witzberg is the city's inspector general and wrote the report. The five or six people that the superintendent is, is referring to are the examples that we used sort of for demonstrative purposes. Are we talking most did work, some did, or only five or six? Certainly not all, and certainly more than five or six. The inspector general concluded the police department lacks the ability to quickly determine how many officers have worked long stretches. Thousands and thousands have worked long stretches as they're being attacked by the very government that they work for as they're attacked for enforcing the very laws the people want them to enforce, as the drug dealer scourge is profiting like never before. Let back out on the streets in 24 hours with no bond to sell the fentanyl that is destroying the nation. You tell me these Democrats don't love the drug dealers? You think it's just Kim Fox that's protecting them? They certainly aren't protecting the good people. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. You know, when I first got this package here at the studio and opened up the shirt, I thought it was about Kamala Harris's law firm. But I want to thank Tim from Hoopston, who sent me his high school mascot shirt, which apparently is called the Corn Jerkers. I thought that was just Kamala Harris's law firm, no? LLC, Esquire, Corn Jerkers, Esquire. Let's go on a lunch date. You got a sick sense of humor, squirrel. Twisted son of a... Hi, Glenn. How are you? Hi, Glenn. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Splendid. So the playbook is no bad news until after the election. Is Jerome Powell going to give us <laughs> bad news after the election? Hey, brother. I mean, I know that you know only 50% of the country has stock, but to think that the uh, country's lost over a trillion dollars, tri- trillion three, and nobody's saying boo about the stock market. They're talking about Mar-a-Lago. 
I don't think we're going to get any news until after the election. And, you know, what's the what's the news? The Democrats steal the, the election and Democrat strongholds and everywhere else Republicans win. That's what's going to happen, brother. I could save you a lot of drama. What do you think? I, I just think I wish people would wake up because this is all part of the game plan. And uh, if you care about your future and your children's future, move. You should vote. Yeah. You should vote. Three sure. hours they shut down the count, Glenn. Three hours. And everyone just said, well, what's going to happen? You knew at that moment what these Democrat bastards were going to do. You know, everybody knew. And here we are living in it when I got to see a minor attracted person in diapers pretend to be president. Thank you very much, Glenn. Impeach! The minor attracted person still makes me kind of gross when you just listen to it. How are you, baby? How old? Not good. We're not good. The baby's not good. The people aren't good. Country's going broke. And I think you wet your pants. These are all things that he should have heard to the follow-up of that. Not to mention there is a little bit of a fentanyl problem. My, that I announced in my State of the Union address. State of the Union? We can do this. We have to do this. We'll make America safer. You know what I want a reporter to do? Because it's clear that this guy's suffering from all kinds of mental problems. Do you know sundowners in certain dementias, you can teach people scripts. You can offset their clock. That's why we don't see them for a few days on time. At, you know, at a time. They're trying to offset his clock in case he has to speak at night or get on a plane or whatever. All you need a reporter to do is in the middle of this, just say, Mr. President, what day is it? And I have $50 says he cannot answer it if asked unprompted. He cannot a- answer that question. This is clearly somebody suffering from dementia. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think uh-huh. about the rationale we use. Well, is that what you said in defense of the people who are being wrongfully imprisoned for an uprising on January 6th? Not only didn't they have an F-15, they didn't have a gun. Didn't stop you from accusing them of insurrection. You know where there's an insurrection? Iraq. That's what an insurrection sounds like right there, kid. You hear that? Insurrection. Here's a little more insurrection. That's insurrection sounds. They're all insurrection sounds. Plus you get a little bit at it hooping and hollering. Ali Ali oxen free. I can hear it in the background. Yeah. I thought George Bush said Iraq free. Didn't George Bush help? George Bush, you were wonderful. We have to go in Iraq. We have to kill the people in order to save them and the weapons of mass destruction and all the rest of it. I remember what you said, you moron. By the way, Joe Biden's brother did get a contract to build $1.5 billion in homes in Iraq. Has anyone seen a Biden Iraqi home? Anybody? Maybe they did, and that's what they're mad about. That's the sound of an Iraqi insurrection. I thought it was going to be fantastic. I really did. We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. (laughs) I tell you, I can't get enough of it. The incompetence, the corruption, the failure. But at least it had a nifty accent and he spoke in sentences. Much, much better than. How are you, baby? How old are you? How old are you? Old enough for you to stay away from creep. Now go shower with your daughter. That's perfectly normal. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. 
He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. Listen to the spokes buffoon for the White House, KJP, also known as Sideshow Bob, claimed that our economy was in a transition. I know that it's in a bastardization. That's what our economy's in. So is our legal system. Our legal system has been bastardized, where it is now the weapon of the collectivist, of the Marxist mafia, of the real fascists, the government in this country. This is something that is not to happen. Law is to be our shield, not their spear. This is why I love to interview and have on my show lawyers who not only recognize this, but spent their life understanding and using law as the shield of the honest man. My next interview and lawyer is exactly one of those people. He's John O'Connor. He is the author of Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat. But aside from that, John O'Connor has been involved in putting up a fight against corruption since OPEC and the oil embargoes in the 70s. He also was involved through the loan crisis of the 80s. In the 90s, represented California Attorney General. Come on, I mean, what hasn't he done? His name is John O'Connor, and he's a frequent guest of my show. John, how are you? Hey, John, great. You were one of the first three people I thought of when I saw that ridiculous excuse called an affidavit, redacted. Three pages had writing on it. The rest of it looked like it was something out of a 1958 uh, CIA overthrow of the government. It was preposterous to me. I mean, come on. What are we supposed to do with the way in which my judicial system and the Department of Justice have been bastardized against the ideological pushback against Democrat Marxism? Well, first, some of the stuff just was meaningless. And I'll get into what they did say was meaningless. For example, uh, Trump hands over voluntarily 15 boxes, and then they go into a snit about, my gosh, there were classified documents in there. Well, yes, uh, Obama has a bunch of classified documents along with unclassified. All presidential papers are intermixed with the two. It's not a big deal. They gave it over voluntarily. What, what is your big deal? So they made a big deal of that. And then when you really got down to the meat of why they really needed a search warrant, You have 20 pages of redacted stuff. But, Sean, let me tell you the most important little bit in there that nobody seems to have commented on, and uh, I will, which is this. There is actually a thing. I don't think it happened during the Trump administration. There is actually, NARA is the acronym for the archives. And, uh, okay, there is actually a NARA liaison office in the White House. Why the White House needs a NARA liaison officer, I don't know. I doubt that President Trump had a NARA liaison officer. I think they came up with this position specifically to hang for him. good old Donald Trump. You know, you John, know? You know, John, what I'm seeing is, here's the reality. The, the people who hate Donald Trump, who have this Trump derangement syndrome, they're really annoyed with the fact that, as president, is there anything that he cannot see? Is there anything that the elected president of this country 
is not privy to or is beyond his purview. Otherwise, what is the point of having a president? Because what Donald Trump really proved to me is that to a certain extent, when it comes to certain foreign boondoggles, money laundering scheme of the military-industrial complex, the reality is the president is useless. He can't really stop it, and when he does, there becomes a problem. What they're really upset with is that he was president, that he still is an ex-president, and that he was privy to anything. So now what they're going to do is create a way to hang him. It's like that law uh, school experiment. Show me a ham sandwich, I'll show you how to to indict it. This is what we're really witnessing. Am Am I off base with that? Oh, no, you're not. And, you know, what's interesting about this, they make it look like in your your wonderful legacy press, along with the wonderful FBI under the wonderful Merrick Garland, is they make it look like there's something nefarious about a president having what every president has had since George Washington. They're called presidential papers. Now, with Richard Nixon, they made sure the government technically owned them. But up till Nixon, you didn't even have that. And so... But 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 here's here's the deal. One of the things that the law provides, the Presidential Records Act, that nobody seems to focus on is it gives the president. Now, technically, uh, they're owned by the government. The papers are. It doesn't say when they have to be given over to the archives. But whether they have them themselves or they're given to the archives almost makes no difference. Why? Because the president has access to them for five years at least five years, it can be as high as 12, but at least five years mandated, and no one else can have access to those papers, not even the president, unless he has an established need. Now, that's where the So not even the sitting president. So the ex-president is entitled to paperwork that not even the sitting president has access to. Is that how, what I'm correct, noticing? Though. Okay. Correct, right. correct. That little weasel word I said about established need probably applies to classified documents. If he wants to make a big deal about it, which is what Biden did, you can say, oh, my gosh, I find an established need for classified documents. Now, they didn't seem to find that need with Obama, you know, but let's put that aside. They can claim that they care about classified documents. But my point is they got about half an inch of classified documents in this search. And they got 359 and a half inches of unclassified documents, as to which there is no established need for good old Joe Biden to see him. And guess what? He's got troops and troops of loyal Merrick Garland biased FBI agents looking at those documents and seeing what Trump's got. That's what they're really interested in. 359 and a half inches of documents that (laughs) Trump wanted to keep to himself. That's what this is about. And meanwhile, they've got the legacy media saying, oh, my God, he might have had the nuclear codes. Well, come on. First of all, they changed about four years ago. Thank you very much. Yeah. They change every so often very quickly. And there's no showing that there was anything of any moment in the classified documents. They only got 11 documents that were classified in this search. Uh, that's not, That could be multi-pages. It doesn't necessarily one page per document. It could be 50 pages in a document. It could be two. But they got 11 documents, and that's what they got out of their 360 inches in 20 bankers' boxes. And what they're doing now, number one, is Trump doesn't even have access, guaranteed under the Presidential Records Act, to his own documents. He's not looking at them. It's insane. Biden's looking at them. And nobody is talking about that 
This is a complete subversion of the law. Meanwhile, as you and I are sitting here, you're real close to Hoffman Estates. Yeah. There is a shabby warehouse out in Hoffman Estate next to a McDonald's uh, that probably any self-respecting 16-year-old cat burglar could get into. And that's where Barack Obama's 33 million pages of documents have been since he got out of office. <laughs> that's you know, fantastic. Now he, he, yeah. You know, he that's got the government fantastic. to pay for the warehouse. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll bet you a dollar or a donut a Democrat owns it, who's, who's Actually, being paid right. an exorbitant yeah. amount of money. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, that's right. It is. Uh, there's a, I, I could give you the name. I, it's, uh, oh, it it's doesn't matter. Name, they're they're it's, all fungible. It's a Democrat. Yeah. No, but it's a Democrat that owns it. It's a really nice lease. <laughs> now, so, so Obama gets the government to pay for it. Trump's, Trump's storing him at his own expense. That's fantastic. Uh, and so, and meanwhile, meanwhile, they're not... NARA is the acronym. They are not NARA-approved facilities. I've got letters between Obama and NARA. And, oh, they're so sweet when they write back and forth. They just love yeah. writing to Obama. But they say, you know, pretty soon when you give us these documents, Obama, Obama Foundation, gosh, we'll put them in a NARA-approved facility with all the pri- proper archival um, security. What they're saying is, there ain't no security now. We've got it in a in a second-rate warehouse. Yeah. Tony Resco's third cousin owns the property. Here's what I want to tell you, because I'm a speculator, John. It's how I lived my entire life, right? And what I love right. about investing is that information can often be a, a, a leverage play, right? The more information right. you have, the more circumstances you have, the better your odds are of succeeding, which in politics is called winning. While Trump was president, He had access to a lot of information, a lot of scandalous information from Uranium One deals with Hillary Clinton all the way through to how Barack Obama handled the surveillance of his candidacy. He had that access to that information. Trump's not a stupid guy. He clearly knew that he was going to be ousted through trickery and and the bastardization of our election. And he knew he was going to have the opportunity to run again. I speculate, just me and you, like we're having a cigar together. I speculate that what he had, what made the sitting president nervous, is provable, undeniable evidence, prima facie evidence, of legacy corruption between the Democrat mafia and enemies foreign and domestic. That's why I think they had to go in and get him, and all the rest of it is a, is a kabuki theater show. What do you think? Well, that's what I've been saying. You are reading my mind. There are two things that he got from Trump that he didn't know what Trump had in this, and the two areas are Russiagate, which involves, remember, everyone in Russiagate that was bringing up information, was was working on this, was actually an agent of Russia or a large oligarch of Russia, starting with Glenn Simpson, going to everybody that works on this, Christopher Steele, they all are, are really mobbed up in the sense of Russia. That's number one. Number two... The other subject matter that would interest Trump was this bogus um, impeachment of him for doing what he was supposed to do, which was to root out corruption in Ukraine. And guess what he's interested in? Corruption in Ukraine. John. And it involves a young man by the name of Hunter Biden. And his. And then, of course, you've got a laptop that we maybe nobody's seen where he's at least written a letter to his daughter saying that he shares fees with his father. Uh, so we do have rampant corruption, and I think Biden really wants to know, A, 
what Trump's got, and B, he wants to keep these things out of Trump's hands, even though the Presidential Records Act gives Trump exclusive access to these things for five years. Yet, guess who's got the documents? Biden. And guess who's got a specific branch of the White House that deals with the archives? Biden's White House. Nobody, I, I don't think Trump this had is that. The, I don't think Obama had it. This is the part that's so demoralizing, because... Even when we catch them, they get away, the slithery sons of guns. It's, it's, it, it's so ridiculous to me that we have absolute evidence that China and oligarchs in Ukraine, at the same time they were having a civil war, were bribing the then vice president who would become president. Listen, and when you think about it, John, just from a, you know, you've done a lot of investigations, you've seen a lot of things as a lawyer, just as an investment standpoint, I give this mook, this crack smoker, I give him 80 G's a, a month. And I get policies back that are worth billions of, fi- of foreign aid. It's not a bad investment. When you see China gives $31 million, pretending that Hunter Biden trades in his off hours and has some proprietary knowledge to the market, they give him a billion and a half contract, and they reap the rewards of trillions of dollars in bills and green energy, which directly benefit the producers, China. These are not bad bribes in the grand scheme of things. In fact, it looked like it was a, a, a well investment to pay the crack smoking sun, does it not? Well, no, and it, it it looks that way. And look at this: for somewhere between 150 and 300 million, 350 million, uh, Putin got 20 percent of our uranium just by the appropriate that money <laughs> being paid to Hillary Clinton. And so, yeah. did you see a pattern here, Sean? And it was okayed by the Obama administration. So, ironically, oh yeah, if Putin does nuke us, we're going. At least we know that Hillary Clinton was the broker on the deal. I mean, it's it's John. It's preposterous. And you know, this goes to when. I played a clip earlier in 1987 when Biden had the gall, the unmitigated gall to run on plagiarism and lies and fraud. And how back then, even in the 80s, the clothes might have been funny looking compared to today, if you ask a kid. But the standards of the nation were higher, both Democrats and Republicans. When you were involved in Watergate, the standard of the nation was higher. We are really a victim and we're being hoisted by our own petard of a collapse of society, are we not? Well, yeah, the the mainstream media makes no attempt at even feigning morality or even looking at anything that might be done wrong by by their folks. That's and then and then of course they're without any scruple in trying to uh, you know sort of do this uh, uh, number on on anybody that opposes them, even if it's silly charges like. My gosh, the president is the ex-president had some classified information. Ooh, you know, is, without without informing the public as to the fact that that really isn't a big deal. Is it because they were so afraid of the enthusiasm of the Trump supporter? You know, when you look back on the Trump years, we were winning. The country was winning. Financially, we were winning. Foreign policy, we were winning. We were becoming strong and independent. And there was an enthusiasm among those participants Democrats don't like that. I know I'm from Chicago, Illinois. They like a hopelessness, a, a, a willful servitude to your, your corrupt government. Isn't that the real problem with the Trump era? I mean, after all, he spent decades bribing Democrats like Rahm Emanuel, like uh, Ed Burke from Chicago, like so many New York Democrats, even Chuck Schumer. I mean, what they were really threatened of is the awareness. For the first time, it looked like the, from the truck driver to the bricklayer to the attorney that wasn't part of the Democrat machine, they were in, excited about being Americans. They were optimistic. And a corrupt government can't afford that. Is, is, is that kind of, am I, that's my observation. What do you no. think? 
No, you know what? You know, let me. Here's my observation. I, I guess it's almost the same as yours. I'll put it in these words. Since since Watergate, the only people that have felt that they have the power to roar and scream and shout are the lefties, and and the Republicans usually take it, just sit there and take it because they're polite. They don't raise their voice, so to speak. They don't have media behind them. And now along comes Trump, and he just come. He gives it right back to him and talks about fake news and gets everybody riled up. They, you said it, enthusiasm, they don't like it. This is the first guy that fought back. He may be crude. He may not do it in exactly Marcus of Queensbury way, but he fights back against some people that are completely unprincipled in what they do. I mean, think about all the stuff these guys have done from Robert Bork on, and now they're getting somebody that fights back. They do not like it. That's why there are so many people with Trump derangement syndrome. The idea that somebody can actually uh, blast their hypocritical pieties is too much for them. And I think you hit it on the head. They saw a, a movement with enthusiasm. They're doing everything they can to puncture it. Yeah, there's a certain uh, comfortable uh, comfortable nature with losing. It, it it has a lot of friends. Losing has a lot of friends. Success has none. I think that's part of the societal psychological problem as well. There's a lot of comfort in being a failure and being that virtuous uh, citizen who wants to have the government put controls on other people. I just hope we can win intellectually. I think it starts with the mood of the citizen and the tolerance for corruption. I think if we can shake that, we can get back the country. I hope we do it, but the good news is, John, you put up a fight for many, many years, and I know you're going to do it for many, many more. I can't thank you enough for being part of my show. You really are, and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, well, well, Sean, that's why I wrote The Mysteries of Watergate, what really happened. And I'm trying to fight back by telling people what the legacy press really did. Starting with Watergate, this is not this is not child's play that they're engaging in. Uh, they're they're no. changing regimes through through um, media fraud, through propaganda. You know, and this is interesting. Yep. But I do think, John, and I'm curious before I let you go, there is a lot of pushback. You know, if you look at um, off the press website, which is now taking, you know the position Drudge used to take. If you look at so many of these new podcasters, these new voices, I do think there's a little gleam, a little little glimmer of hope. Do you? Yes. I just think that the, 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 the noise has to get a little louder, but I think there are a lot of people out there that are actually thinking and are not afraid to say what they think. And the question is, can we get enough volume and enough reach so that there's clearly people see that there's a second way of looking at these things and you cannot believe what you hear on CNN. You just can't do it. In the meantime, I'll look for you if the NSA scoops, scoops me up. Uh, we've got a, quite a cabal. I, all my, all my uh, interview subjects, I always say, I'll see you in the concentration camps of the NSA, if not Florida. John O'Connor, I'll be looking <laughs> for you first. Okay, Sean. Thank you. Take care, buddy. We'll be back okay. with your calls and comments. I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Nice song, kid. Come on in, buddy. Got a job to do. I have to tell you, what are these idiots going to run on? Idiots, failures, bust-outs. They're going to run on 
comfortable welfare socialism scheme of the economy, the bastardization of the American economy, and baby murder. This is what they're going to run. It's all they got. The baby murder and the socialism you're just going to love. After all, look at who they're selling you. One dimwit to another. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. He's, when I say he's a powerful voice, Fetterman's a hell of a guy. A powerful voice for working people. I'm honored to be standing in the shadow of your, immerse, your amazing building. <laughs> Brilliant. Do you think of the 10 homes Dr. Oz have? What? Has a union hall oh. across their home. Uh-huh. If you say, uh-huh. you think the word of steel worker. Uh-huh. What words come to your mind if you say steel workers? Of all the words that bring to your mind when you hear the word steel workers, uh-huh. does the word prudite come to your mind? <laughs> you know, he's almost dumb enough, weak enough, feeble enough to be elected. We're going to call it the dumb and dumberer. You would think that the mere mention of his name by this dimwit in diapers would be enough to disqualify him. However, I think it's enough to get him elected. Democrats have no standards. Just say unions. Something for nothing and free cheese. And you'll get elected. You could even stammer. Got a little bit of a stroke. You walk with a limp. You're okay by them. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How you doing tonight? Very good. How are you? Yeah, two great guests again today. Oh, thank you. Did you you mind having the guy come in and throw the garbage out? Because, you know, this guy's got a job to do, and I wasn't going to stand in his way. His life's already hard enough. If you work for a living and you have a contract to clean in offices, I give you the utmost respect because the economy is destroying this guy's hard work. Here it is, 6.40 at night. There's a team of guys going around cleaning up, and this is supposed to be the people that Joe Biden and the Democrats are helping. They destroy the quality of the working man's life, only assuring him more failure and intimidation by the IRS. It's sickening. Go ahead. Yeah, what I wanted to say is I keep hearing how uh, Trump had these papers that could jeopardize uh, national security. Well, what I feel about things is this open border uh, policy that they have is the thing that's jeopardizing national security. They're letting in 2 million, they let in 2 million illegals and they're bringing in drugs and gangs. We don't know who's coming in over this border. This so gover- how can they say that the papers that he had are jeopardizing national security? The Biden administration hamstrung American energy production, destroyed the, the sanctity of the American dollar, have continued to devalue our currency, while building an, a regulatory climate that's destroying the assets of our companies, and you think Trump having documents is a national security? Joe Biden is a national security risk and an assault on the prosperity of this nation, and his pants are wet on top of it. I find it to be disgusting. Thank you very much. The real threat to the American security is Joe Biden and the American Democrats. Look at the chaos around the world. Iraq, Somalia, Syria, Afghanistan, Taiwan, Look at what these idiots are doing. Not to mention how they destroy our economy. You think that Donald Trump having top secret documents after being the president is the national security threat? American Democrat is. These dimwits, these morons, these rubes. Terry, Dyer, Indiana. Hey, Sean. So my uncle Timmy, he called me uh, three days ago and he says, hey, um, uh, I got this guy that sent me this uh, uh, a picture of this Tesla battery. Uh-huh. 
cost him like $29,000. And I said, nah, that's probably, nah, 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 no way. <laughs> so just I, listen, hear me. I know. So this guy, this guy sent me a, a text. He said, this is a bill from the Chevy dealership for a, a battery for a Chevy Volt hybrid. Uh-huh. And I said, no, this can't be wrong. So me, what I did, I called my local Chevy dealer. I gave him the part number off this battery for the Chevy Volt hybrid. How much? I said, uh. Twenty six thousand dollars. Twenty six thousand. You ever see one of those Chevy Volts? It's it's it looks like a Vega. You ever see these things? Yeah. What a yeah. piece of junk! Yeah. Not to mention, you know, the car weighs twice as much as its counterpart with a combustion engine. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I can't. I I could not believe this. Who's buying this crap, brother? I did a whole show, Terry, last week. Was it last week, Honey Bunny? Do you know the other downside? These things burst in the flames. Do you know the fire? that these things are destroying homes, they're destroying parking garages. They're th- what's going on across Europe, the fires that these things burst in the flames. You know why? They don't work. There is no One alternative more. energy. There's only scams. Go ahead. One more thing. Um I know you like to go to Florida. I love Florida. I probably go there yeah, probably about 6 times a year. All right. So, you know, when you're flying through, coming from Florida back home yeah. and you go through northwest Indiana, you see the little windmills down there by Remington, Indiana. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay? Yeah. Do you know, there is, they have a thing in Remington, Indiana that's called the Windmill Graveyard. You ever hear this? Uh-huh. Because you yeah. can't recycle them. They sit there you and they rot. Them. Yeah. They rot. It's 20 acres of windmills piled up six stories high in this 20-acre field in this town that they preyed upon about these residents. And now, to give you a little real estate insight, Terry, do you know why they cannot sell that property? Because the engines that they use to convert the energy have leaked where they've stored and waited for somebody to come up with a solution. That oil that, you know, that engines run on has leaked into the ground and they can't sell it without a phase three core sample, which will now bring in the EPA and quadruple the cleanup costs of that very site. And it's all what been a- done with the taxpayer like you and everyone listening, the honest men, with your money. See, it's a great a scam, scam, Terry. It's a great scam if you can get in on it. And who read the bill? Anybody? Anybody read the bill? And now even the liberal New York Times is pointing to another potential problem hitting in the left spending spree, one that again brings back the Obama era to mind. A little-noticed expansion of energy loans in the legislation has the New York Times noting it could pave the way for a sequel to the Solyndra solar panel scandal, which fueled conservative anger for years. We all remember former Deputy National Security Advisor Victoria Coates on that in just a moment. But first, let's get to Griff Jenkins. He's live at the White House for us. So, Griff, explain why critics say President Biden may be setting the stage for Solyndra uh, 2.0. Say it ain't so. Uh, Good afternoon, Sandra. Well, as they say, the devil is often in the details and deep inside the Inflation Reduction Act on page 614, to be exact, is a major expansion of the kind of federal loan that Solyndra got a decade ago where they built the Obama administration for some half a billion dollars. Only this time, it's on a much larger scale, so much so that a former assistant Energy Secretary under the Clinton administration tells the New York Times it's a quote sleeping giant because of the massive amount being made available now. Now, 
So this is trillions of dollars. The giveaway to college deadbeats is a trillion dollars. The destruction of our economy, the last three days of stock market underperformance, cost the American wealth over a trillion dollars in actual losses of value to companies and value in portfolios. And you're, you, this idiot gets to go to Philadelphia and intimidate babies? How are you, baby? How are Not so good, dummy. I wish that kid would have gave him the finger. 312-642-5600. We'll call it the Biden salute. After this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer. Did you see how they did Pennsylvania Fetterman, moron. All he does is mention the same nonsense. Unions, abortion, welfare. That's the three prongs of Democrat platform. Dave in Wheaton. You're talking about the battery, Sean. Uh, the cars don't, except for Teslas, because the cars don't start in the cold. And they, Electric cars. And they lose half of, their, half of their range in the cold or the hot. This is something no one's thought. Dave, I did a lot of research. Listen, if this worked, I'd be on it. I would love it if there yeah, was some. Uh, absolutely. It, it doesn't work. It, it, we are not in the Sean, position it, where it, it does. If the solar panels worked, I, I, you know, you could solar power a car. Who wouldn't be for that? Yeah. I mean, but it doesn't work. It's not there yet. And what was the name of that car, so- Dave? It had solar panels on the roof. It was incredible looking. It was a Kivo or so. I can't remember. My buddy had it. What a magnificent looking car. And what a junk. I mean, the thing broke down constantly. It was a junk. And it was magnificent. It looked like the Batmobile. I said, look at this beautiful thing. It came out, and it, it sucked. And that's what Sean, yeah. they haven't put the road tax on electric cars either. And that road tax better be steep, because you're billing us people oh. who drive regular cars astronomically, from the gallon of gas tax to the toll mm-hmm. to the license plate. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. these cars weigh twice as much. And do twice mm-hmm. as much damage to the roads. And, you know, you couldn't get this. This this would never, ever sell if it wasn't government manipulated, which proves beyond the shadow of a doubt they're fascists. Dave and Wheaton, thanks for the call, brother. I appreciate it. You know you're, that. You're welcome, man. And I'll tell you, they don't, mention, they don't mention so much of the facts of their failure and their corruption. For instance, $34 billion that they say was in a bill, we've given upwards of $60 billion billion dollars to Ukraine. As I was talking to these workers who are struggling in Biden inflation, can you imagine what that money would have done in this country? Let alone they just keep giving it away to everybody who bribed Joe Biden's son. If only, if only we had a way to investigate. And still he was there Uh, stopping any mention, any investigation into the Hunter Biden laptop and including uh, the material that Tony Bobulinski, Hunter Biden's former business partner, brought to the FBI. So both Timothy Tebolt and Brian Orton are the two men who've been named by Senator Chuck Grassley uh, through his whistleblowers that have come. Maybe FBI stands for fronting Biden incompetence. That would have said because it certainly doesn't stand for investigation. Federal Bureau, they just get pensions, walk around with those stupid haircuts. 
forward from the FBI, but there are many others. And uh, this is not yeah. going to be fixed. Where's the computer? Like Mayberry Evidence Room. Uh, we can't find it. Oh, did you lose it? Really? You didn't lose any of the evidence from Trump's house you planted, did you? Or a brushed aside just by one man being marched out the door. No, that's true. You have a new op-ed out. It says the FBI put the Hunter Biden story right in Facebook's lap. So, Miranda, the FBI basically told Facebook this was a high alert story. So why did they immediately suppress it? Well, you know, neither the FBI nor Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook will fess up exactly to what the FBI told them. Do you know what they could do in just the... The improvements to the American life and cracking down on these cartels that all use Facebook. It's amazing. They can silence information, pertinent information, about the corruption in the Biden crime family. They can squash it on Facebook. They can squash it in the FBI. Yet they permit the cartels, the street gangs, to use Facebook. And I don't ever see, when's the last time the FBI investigated, say, the gangster disciples here in Chicago? let alone the Sinaloa cartels that control Mexico and the distribution of fentanyl that's killing over 100,000 Americans every year. See how easy it is to become acclimated to Democrat corruption and incompetence? Before you know it, you'll be touting a new bill. What are they going to call it? Let's call it the Save the Low Life Bill. Come on, can you give me another second? No? Is there any talk among the suits about getting me another second? No? Shut up and be lucky you have this show for now? Okay, fair enough. Boy, I'll tell you, you're getting a little arrogant there, squirrel. I'll be back in 21. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night.